My name is Karen. And my name is Colleen. And this is Books, Movies, and Musicals. Oh, oh my! Welcome back to Our Goblet of Wine is Better, our series about the Harry Potter books, movies, and everything in between. In this episode, we will be discussing chapters 13 and 14 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And as always, we want to give a big patron shout out to Boom. Thank you so much for being a patron. We really Thank appreciate you. it. <laughs> Thank you. You're the best for being there always. 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 Do we want to talk about Quidditch before or after? Let's talk about it after. Okay, we can talk about it after. Probably because it's at the end of our notes anyways. True, true. <laughs> we, 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 we've said in like the previous two episodes that we would uh, do more research on the Quidditch World Cup and then discuss our findings. So we will yes. do that at the end of this episode. Okay, sounds great. But for now, we're going to get back into the book. Yes, we will. So chapter 13 is Mad-Eye Moody. Ooh. Exciting, because Exciting. you don't really know anything about him yet. And he sounds scary and interesting. I think the funniest thing, just just in general about this yeah. chapter being titled Mad-Eye Moody, is that we don't really hear anything about him until the very end. Yeah. He doesn't even show up in this chapter at all. Yeah, it's true. So, interesting title. Interesting decisions were made, friends. Yes. Yes, they <laughs> Um, I guess I have more notes than you, though. They're not, like, you do. They're- involved. There just wasn't a whole lot in this chapter, Mm-mm. to be honest. There wasn't? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess my comment's probably first. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't know who's first, so I'll go for it. So, basically, we start out with, like, Fred and George, like, whispering together and, like, whatever. I guess I just genu- generally said that it seemed like... uh everyone's trying to figure out how to get into the tournament and um you know finagle their way into passing whatever test mm-hmm. <laughs> blocks yeah. them from getting in yes so. yeah hey, Ninja. I, I mean it's at least um it's at least oh god hold on it's at the very least, it is Fred and George trying to get into mm-hmm. the tournament themselves. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we can necessarily say that it's everyone trying I'm to get sure into I'm sure there's it. a good amount that we don't know about, though. Oh, probably, yeah. But, you know, at this point, you know, everyone still thinks that it's going to be a person who is, uh, yeah. like, judging them and whatnot. Yeah. But we know that that's not the case. <laughs> no, in fact, it is not the case. They won't be able to just convince someone to let them in mm-hmm. they are gonna have to go through some sort of test that will likely test their age so we're gonna talk about that when we get there right yeah <laughs> yeah but anyway so they're all like at breakfast yes yes figuring like eating their food and hermione is yes. magically eating hooray she she has decided Yay. she is no longer on a hunger strike Yes, yeah. She's like, well, this isn't gonna get me anywhere. <laughs> I was like, Hermione, good. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're eating. This is, this is nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. 
Um, and it's like it's like at breakfast when they're like going through their mm-hmm. course schedules. Yep. And I think it's mentioned that that day, like on Mondays, I guess Harry and Ron have like double divination or something. And I'm like, so why didn't Harry drop divination? Like he says he like hates the class. So what what were the other options that he could have taken? Yeah, I don't know. That's a, a good question. Hermione mentions like, oh, you know, like you could have taken arithmancy. And I was like, well, let me double check and see what arithmancy actually is. And apparently yeah. it's a, according to one, one uh, like definition that I found was it's a magical discipline that studied the magical properties of numbers, including predicting the future with numbers and numerology. And I was like, okay. I don't think Harry would be into that. I don't think he's a numbers kind of guy, you know? I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> he knows one spell. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, maybe maybe he chose divination because the only other option was arithmancy. And I'm like, you know what? I, Depending on how I was back then, I may have stuck with divination. But at the same mm-hmm. time... Uh, I don't know. If if kids aren't into math, then I don't think they will be taking residency. No. I, I think I probably would have stuck with divination even if I hated it. It just seems yeah. like the easier class, but also not. <laughs> yeah. But it does seem like you can bullshit your way through it a lot more than you could possibly with numbers. Yeah. <laughs> like, arithmetic seems like it would have been more of a, like... um like a higher level class, I guess. Like I'm thinking of like, like AP classes or whatever, you know, like it would be like a pre AP class or something. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It doesn't sound fun. Good for you though, Hermione. Enjoy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's Hermione's kind of thing. It's not ours. Um, but Harry's upset that Hedwig isn't with the other elves. And I was like, you, you just got to be patient, Harry. She'll show yeah. up eventually. She's not going to abandon you. <laughs> like, uh-huh. No, she's your pet. Yeah. She loves you. She'll be back. <laughs> she does. She does. But, you know, they start going to their classes and they go to herbology. With the Hufflepuffs. Hey Of course. <laughs> what a surprise. I was like, who else would they have herbology with, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. And this is when they have to, uh, the pus stuff, right? Yeah, they have whatever the <laughs> they had to, like, extract the pus. Is. Yeah, they had to extract the pus and it's like, oh, we'll ship this to Madame Pomfrey. She will love this. It'll be great for acne. curing whatever. Yeah, acne, yeah. <laughs> When when they said the creature's name, I listened to it twice, and I was like, I'm still not going to be able to write that down, so it's fine. <laughs> I have to look and see what it is now, because I really can't remember. I was like, Hold I on. do not know Let's how see. to write that. <laughs> I tried Googling yeah. it, too, by what I heard, and I was like, that doesn't, it doesn't come like, up with anything. <laughs> uh, the boobotubers or something? Bubotubers? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. It was harder to understand with the British accent. I'm going to be wrong. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I was like, ooh, no, no. <laughs> but it's fine. I don't know. Who Just knows? a weird plant that they have to extract pus from to yeah. give to Very palm weird. Tree. I was worried the pus was going to be dangerous, but it wasn't. So we're good. <laughs> well, they did say like not to touch it with your hands. 
Because it needs to so, be, like, diluted or something. Probably. Yeah, something like that. So it was like, you have to wear dragon hide gloves. And it was like, okay. At least All they right. have protection, though. True. Yes, very true. <laughs> because you go from this class <laughs> to parapragical <laughs> right. creatures <laughs> with blast-ended scroots. Where Hagrid's like, oh, yeah, you got burned? That does kind of happen sometimes. It does Okay, here's the thing, too. I don't think Hagrid actually knows anything about blast-ended scroots. No, no, It he seems does not. like he doesn't, because he's like, he's like, I got a whole bunch of stuff here, you know, a bunch of, like, food-type things. We're going to try feeding them and see what they'll actually eat, mm-hmm. because I don't yep. know. And I'm like, yeah. why don't you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He was just like, you know, it would be really fun. Me picking up a random creature and trying to figure it out with these 14-year-olds. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds fun. I'm like, like, does anyone ever review Hagrid's lessons or anything? Or can he just, is he just able to teach whatever he wants? I think they're all able to teach whatever they want. I think so too, to be (laughs) honest. I don't think anyone like asks for their lesson plans and is like, all right, what are you teaching this next week? Like, what's up? Like, no. Hagrid just grabs a random creature and is like, all right, this is what we're learning today. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Well, and the thing is, they're expected to pass their owls and their newts and stuff. Like, uh, what? How, oh, do you know anything? Right. Are you going to know anything for that test? <laughs> no. They will not know anything for that test at is all. Is anything you're learning right now valuable for that test? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what? That's that's the thing with the Defense Against the Dark Arts too. They're not gonna know anything. Mm, nope. No. <laughs> like Lupin, not. Lupin tried to teach them, you he know, did. and we we don't know what Coral taught them, so we don't know. True. We have no idea. But even still, like they're so far behind in Defense Against the Dark Arts that it's just like, yeah. How are you gonna pass this? Well, and it's not like next year is gonna help them any either. True. Very true. <laughs> However. <laughs> I assume that, like, the owls and the newts are, like, put together by the ministry. Yeah. And since Umbridge is a ministry official and she's coming from the ministry, she probably she knows. she might help them like, a she, little bit? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she might be able to, um, what are the words I'm looking for? She might be able to choose what's on the test. Mm-hmm. So it might, like, specifically be stuff from the book that they are supposed to be learning that year. Okay. Maybe. So Maybe. I, I don't I don't think it's going to be anything they would have learned already, to be honest. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um but they, you know, this is their first day back to classes. They just started school up again. And Hermione already wants to go to the library. And they were like, Hermione, it's the first day of school. And she's like, Yeah, I don't <laughs> care. Bye. See you later. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, I definitely cannot believe that they're still taking divination. That's actually insane. Yeah, I I wanted to make a comment about yeah, go for um it. how the, how it uh, described where divination's class was. Okay. Because uh, you know they're like, oh yeah, you go up the spiral staircase, and at the top of the ladder is the room where Professor Trelawney lived. And I'm like, okay, but that's where they're taking the classes. So are they just like technically taking the classes in her living quarters? Or that is a good question, and I feel like that shouldn't be correct because if it's a living quarters, it's probably smaller than a classroom would be. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like, 
Because uh, there's no like accurate description anywhere, I think, about where the t- professors actually like live, like where they sleep and whatnot. Yeah. Um. But I, I like, I know their offices are like attached to the classrooms, as far as I'm aware. At least we know for Defense Against the Dark Arts, that's where their offices. And for some reason, I always feel like uh, the Defense Against the Dark Arts like office is their living quarters for that professor. But yeah. I don't, I don't know. They never really tell us where the professors live. That's true. They don't. I, I do wish that they would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's only so much you can hope for, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what exactly is going on, but, you know, they're doing their divination stuff. And uh, actually, let me look because it, it, I feel like I should specifically say yeah. what I think Lavender says. Yeah, I would I would definitely look. Yeah, let's see. What? Where is it? Oh, it's probably before that. Oh, yeah. Here, I'll I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, it says okay. uh, Seamus and Dean, who are working nearby, snigger. Uh, actually, hold on. Uh, let me read a little bit before that. Okay. I've got I've got two Neptunes here, said Harry after a while, frowning down at his piece of parchment. That can't be right, can it? Ah, said Ron, imitating Professor Trelawney's mystical whisper. When two Neptunes appear in the sky, it is a sure sign that a midget in glasses is being born, Harry. Seamus and Dean, who were working nearby, sniggered loudly, though not loudly enough to mask the, the excited squeals from Lavender Brown. Oh, Professor, look! I think I've got an unaspected planet. Ooh, which one's that, Professor? It is Uranus, my dear, said Professor Trelawney, peering down at the chart. Can I have a look at Uranus too, Lavender? Said Ron. (laughs) That's the quote. (laughs) Yes, it is. Which ultimately leads Trelawney to giving them butt tons of homework. Yes. And Ron goes ahead and makes a comment about how that's going to take the whole weekend for them to do, which leads us back to when we were talking about when school starts. 99% 99% sure this is a Friday. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty I make sure a comment. they started right after. I make a comment about this at the beginning of the next chapter about yeah. the whole calendar situation because it doesn't, doesn't make sense. <laughs> but yeah, it, from, from this part, I don't know what, what your comment is, like, but from this part, we'll get part, to it, it in a, a few It moments. sure seems like it's Friday, um, right after they got there mm-hmm. because, Thursday is when they got there. That's the first. So. Yeah. Cool. Fun times. Cool. Homework yeah. for the whole weekend, Ron. Love Ooh. that for you. Good job on making a horrible comment for that. Yes. Was it worth it? I don't know if you would think it was. <laughs> nope. So now we're back to one of our favorite parts. Yes. Draco. Yes. We, we love Draco, <laughs> right? We don't love him in the oh, yeah. books. He, he just wants to be friends with them, but he goes about it the wrong way, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh-huh, yep. But he is such a dick in this book. Like, especially this part of it, because mm-hmm. he's sitting here, like, bad-mouthing Ron's dad and reading this article out loud for everyone to hear and being like, oh, look, they didn't even get his name right. He's obviously not that important because they call yeah. Arthur Arnold. Like, it's I, I, just so annoying. <laughs> I mean, we, we find this out later. Or, I mean, we find this out here that the article is written by Rita Skeeter. Yes. And we find out later that Rita's not the most accurate when she <laughs> writes things. No. Um, at or at least 
All, all I can remember is, you know, the movie of it being like, oh, Harry Potter, a boy at the dear age of 12. And he's like, I'm not 12. <laughs> it's like, well, whatever. Yeah. Um, and just like, yeah. So it's like Arnold Weasley is like, you know what? Sh- uh, close enough, I guess. Fine. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you got to take what she writes with a grain of salt, you know? <laughs> oh, always. Always. Yeah. But- but there's a decent amount of people out there who, like, take her word as, like, law and are obsessed with her. And I don't understand why. <laughs> right? Yeah. I've never understood the Rita Skeeter fan club. It makes zero sense to me. Yep. But I guess if you run a gossip uh, column, that's what's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. But yeah, anyway, Draco's reading this Rita Skeeter article, you know, don't don't hold much hope or or truth to it, you know, but the, so many people are listening to it that it's like obviously gonna get around. And Draco's just being a dick. A typical little Draco. And yeah. um don't don't they like turn around to like walk away? Like Harry turns around to leave Draco. He's like, whatever. Yeah, hold on. Let me. Yeah, because yeah. you know, like Ron is like upset about it because Draco's saying all this shit. Yeah. And so they're trying to uh, get Ron away from him. Like, hey, Ron. Let's, yes. Like, yeah, let's that's leave. what it is. Okay, so in in this article, there's a picture of both Molly and Arthur in front of their house. Oh yeah. Okay. And yeah. Draco calls Ron's mom like fat. He, she like she's. He's basically like, uh, he says, your mother could do with losing a bit of weight, couldn't she? And so that's kind of when it's like, all right, let's get Ron out of here or he will punch Draco. Well, Um, because he also makes the comment of like, oh, yeah, you spent the summer with them, didn't you, Harry? Does she look like that in real life, too? Yeah. And so that's when Harry gets into the argument and he starts, you know, yelling. And so, you know, it's just and he insults Malfoy's mother. And then, you know, it's like. Draco's like, don't talk about my mom. And Harry's like, then keep your fat face shut. And he turns around, like, turns to leave. And that's when Draco tries to, like, shoot whatever yeah. spell or whatever curse at him. It, like, just barely misses him, I think. Yeah, he tries He tries to attack Harry with his back turned. And before Harry turns around, Moody is there. And he's, like, yelling. And then Harry turns mm-hmm. around and he he doesn't see Draco anymore. He just sees a little white ferret. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And literally Moody is taking this ferret and throwing it around the hallway. I, like okay. from the ceiling to the ground over and over again, basically. Oh, hold on. Hold yes, on. Go okay. Ahead. So so at first, you know, he, he transforms Draco into a ferret and then like turns to Harry is like, Did he get you? And it's like, oh no, he missed him. Uh Moody shouts like, Leave it while still looking at Harry. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Harry's like, Leave what? It's like not you, him. And he turns around and there's Crab who's like who's like about to pick up the ferret. And then it's like Kind of at that point that Draco tries to take off, I think, and then yep. Moody, you know, That's what it picks is, yeah. him up and yep. So, like, I I just have questions. Why is he just slamming Draco around like this? Isn't being turned into a ferret enough of a, a punishment? <laughs> yeah, like, right. That's terrifying enough as it is, but now you're just going to take a tiny little animal and, like, slam it onto the ground over and over again knowing that it's a student <laughs> right like right? that has to I mean, hurt <laughs> i mean i i i think we can be sure at this point 
that this is definitely Barty Crouch Jr. Yes, this is. You know, <laughs> pretending to be Mad-Eye. But it's just like, you know what? It's Barty Crouch Jr. I, uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, it makes me wonder what the real Mad-Eye would have done in this kind yeah. of situation. Like, I, I don't think he would have turned Draco I, into no. a ferret. I think he no. probably would have, you know, I don't know, taken away points. Not that points really matter. Yeah, that's um, true. Or just, you know, giving him detention or something. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Amy, we also have ethical questions, too. Oh, we have so many ethical (laughs) questions about this entire series. It's it's rough. It's it's a rough time. It really is. But, but, you know, during this little Moody's escapade on Draco and trying to, like, bruise up the whole kid, you know, because it's a smaller surface, he probably will have big bruises. (laughs) Um, Probably. McGonagall shows up (laughs) and she's like what what's going on like is that a student and she's like we never use transfiguration as a punishment (laughs) I I love so the movie directly takes the quotes out of the book and it's just like what are you doing and he's like teaching and she's like teach Moody is that a student it's like yup (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so like, obviously, the only real difference between this scene and the one in the movie is that they're not in a hallway in the movie, but. But that's here fine. they're in a hallway. Yes, here they're in a hallway. <laughs> it's like a passing period at this point, yeah. I think, you know? Yeah, yeah just... they weren't just hanging out in the courtyard. They were, they were in yeah. a hallway. Crazy. So, yeah, McGonagall's like, what the heck? You don't do this. You don't use transfiguration as a punishment. And she's like, I'm sure Dumbledore told you that. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he might have mentioned it. Like, <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> like, I, I think buddy. <laughs> I, my, my question now is, you know, like, when did Dumbledore tell him? Was it mm-hmm. before it was Barty Crouch or after? You know, I feel like even if it was still when it was Barty Crouch, he still would have done it. Oh, absolutely. I don't think he cares just... about rules. <laughs> oh, no, he doesn't. He does. He definitely does not. Especially considering just... his lesson later. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I'm just thinking like, oh, it's like, oh, didn't Dumbledore tell you this? And it's like, uh, he might have mentioned it. And it's like, okay, well, were you, were you Barty Crouch at this when Dumbledore yeah. told you? Or were you Mad-Eye and you're just lying now that you know that Dumbledore told you? Yeah, that's a good point. It is an ambiguous answer. It's the kind of answer you can give that will let people be like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't know if that's like yeah. a yes or a no. It's just kind of a, well, maybe I already knew that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yes. I did it anyway, like a little sheepish answer. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I wrote get wrecked, Malfoy, because like he really is. He's a tiny <laughs> ferret getting thrown around. I Poor know. thing. <laughs> Like, I don't want to feel bad for him, but I do feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and then Moody is, like, talking to, to um, Ron about, like, how his dad is, like, great and he helped him get out of a little, like, problem a few days ago and stuff. And then yeah. he he starts talking to Malfoy about um, about his dad and how he's an old friend i think it's because malfoy said something maybe like under his breath about like oh my father's gonna hear about this always with that always but he's like oh yeah your father's an old friend and then uh he mcgonagall's like well you need to go talk to like the head of house if you have a problem you can't just do this and he's like okay so your head of house would be like snape 
So he's like, oh, your head of house is obviously Snape, right? And they're like, yeah, it's Snape. Snape's the head of Slytherin. And he's like, oh, yeah, another old friend. And I, I took that basically to mean that he was talking about them as Death Eaters. His old friends, because he was an Auror, you know? (laughs) And I was like, I don't think Moody really had that many friends, because he was always working. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why he's considering the bad people he was chasing to be his old friends. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. But yeah, so I I thought that was an interesting little reference to the, the fact that they were Death Eaters. I mean, currently Snape isn't, as far as we know. Or he's like a double agent, kind of. Well, but he's I not mean, working he for Voldemort right now. Yeah. yeah. So he's mostly on Dumbledore's side right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, later when Voldemort comes back, Dumbledore's like, hey, dude, I need you to go and join them again. Please, thank you. And Snape's yeah. like, okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, does Snape have a uh, dark mark? Like on, I don't on know. Do we know? I can't remember. I don't think we ever see it or know. I don't think she yeah. ever tells us that. That's my, that's my one question right now is, is he actually a death eater or is he just someone who has worked with Voldemort, but isn't like a part of his actual. No, he had to have been part of it. Right. Cause but Voldemort then he would have the dark into... mark on him. Well, yeah, but Voldemort was like, like super, I mean, he wasn't, like, really good at listening to Snape, but he was willing to not kill Lily mm-hmm. for Snape. Yeah. So I I feel like in that way, Snape had to have been working for him, right? I, yeah. Maybe maybe it's the... Maybe Voldemort was playing it smart, and, like, Snape was like, hey, I want to be a part of your group, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And maybe Snape brought up the option of being a double agent and was like, hey, you know, if you let me work for you, but I can go like into Hogwarts or into mm-hmm. whatever the order or something um, and get you information on the side. Oh. Like I'll still be a part of your group, but without the tattoo thing going on, you know, because if they Maybe. decide to check my arm then you know, they'll, uh, I'll be exposed. That's true. That's so. a good point. Hmm. I don't know. I we don't know. We don't, we don't know, know what's on Snape's arm. I don't think she ever tells us <laughs> no, or has us see it. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't think he has one. Yeah, in the movies he always wears his long sleeves anyway, so it's not, you're going to see it in the movies. Oh yeah, of course, but (laughs) I I feel like at some point it could have been like, uh, maybe it's it's this book or this movie or something, there's a point where it's like, oh, is your dark mark, you know, is it doing anything? And that could have been a scene where maybe we saw Snape, you know, lift, pull his sleeve back and been like, yes. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's true. That does happen, doesn't it? It, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to tell but you. yes, it, it is a secret. Um, <laughs> we mm-hmm. we yeah. do not know. <laughs> yep. uh, but you know, and then again, Hermione uh, is like, "Well, I'm going to the library again to not work on homework." Yeah. What is she doing in the library, guys? Because <laughs> they mentioned, you know, like Harry and Ron are like, oh, we got to do our divination homework mm-hmm. and blah, blah, And Hermione's like, well, if you had done arithmetic, you wouldn't have any homework. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I'm off to the library. And they're like, you don't have homework. And she's like, and? <laughs> yeah. Work on stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. 
crazy. Um, but then, you know, by the end of this chapter, it's very clear that everyone is just fascinated with Moody. Yeah, because, like, the twins and Lee Jordan had their defense against the dark arts class with him that yep. day. And so they're like, oh, my God, like, he's amazing. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting um, the way that Joe kind of introduces Lee Jordan here. She's just like, oh, yes, the twins' best friend, Lee Jordan. And I was like, she really likes to refer to the twins like they're one person, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she Crazy. does. They're, yeah. they're not individuals. I hope you realize that, Colleen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty clear that she does not see them as separate entities. They are one uh, yeah. thing. They like they are literally the same person, basically. Yeah, literally. And until until we get to book seven, when one of them loses an ear, and then they're they finally the same, have separate identities. They finally have slightly separate identities. <laughs> Only slightly, though. That's true. That's true. Only slightly. <laughs> well, it's just the fact that now that they can tell each other apart. And then the end of the seventh book, they definitely have separate identities. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, but that's all I have for chapter 13. Yeah, that's all I got for chapter 13. Okay, cool. So chapter 14 is The Unforgivable Curses. Yes. And this is when I have my comments about the calendar. Okay, let's uh, go. And their classes and whatnot. So from a- as we found out in a previous episode, maybe the pa- the last episode, I don't know. Yeah. But September remember. 1st is a Thursday in 1994. Yes. Yes, it is. What's interesting is that at the end of the last chapter, you know, uh, the twins and Lee Jordan are telling the trio about like, oh yeah, we had Professor Moody today. He's awesome. And Ron looks at his schedule and he's like, oh man, we don't have him until Thursday. And then at the beginning of this chapter, uh, they say the next two days passed without great incident. And then it's like, oh, it's Thursday now. And I'm like, um, I don't, your, your calendar doesn't make sense. Joe just doesn't know her time. (laughs) She, she doesn't. I don't think she, I don't think she chose to make sure she was referencing like the the correct actual calendar yeah you know because especially since in the last one they got divination homework and ron made a comment about it taking all weekend i mean i that could have just been like see in my mind as i read it since it they made it seem like the first day classes was a monday i was like oh okay you know the the weekend that they're coming up on okay take all weekend no whatever but at the same time, I do understand if the first day of classes was actually Friday, then yeah, that would yeah. be more of an issue, I think. That would make a lot more sense as a comment. Otherwise, you have the whole week and weekend, Ron. You're fine. You know? I mean, unless he's just a procrastinator like I am and he waits I mean, until maybe. the weekend to do his homework. Maybe. But also, don't they have their classes multiple times a week? Or do they only have them once know. a week? I don't think it's once a week. But who knows, since they don't even have Defense Against the Dark Arts until Thursday. Like, I just am so confused. And, like, the Thursday thing, like, I could have maybe been like, oh, maybe it's next Thursday, like, their first Thursday or whatever, if school started on a Friday. But you said the next two days. That was in the text. So that means that they did have, like, classes starting on basically Monday then, which totally negates what she had yeah, because Ron say in the last chapter, I don't know. It's so like confusing. like literally as I was reading this, uh, 
as I read the like the whole the next two days thing, I was like, hold on, let me let's back up a second, look at like the uh the day the night that the sorting ceremony, whatever that like sorting ceremony happened, and then the first day of classes, and it was like, oh, it was so stormy on the the welcome back to Hogwarts feast. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, by the next morning, you know, the uh, the storms had passed and they went to class. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. All right. I see how it is. <laughs> Ooh, questions. <laughs> Ooh, questions. <laughs> I just, okay, here's my, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Joe does not understand time. She doesn't understand years. She does not understand school weeks. I don't think she even knows how classes should really be scheduled because it should not be for 14-year-olds where they're only having one class a week. They're not in college. This is high school, guys. Yeah. So they should at least be going to their classes like two or three times a week. Yeah, exactly. If they're going to go by like what you and I had in high school or by most high schools every single day. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, but whatever. <laughs> saying, yeah, it, like, honestly, it doesn't make sense that their first defense against the Dark Arts class is on a Thursday. No. Like, no. do you only have this class once a week? Like, I this feel... one specifically, or? Yeah. I feel like they're just not going to be prepared for any tests or anything that they have to take later on if they no. only get to go to their classes once a week. Because you think about it, their schooling probably goes from, like, September to what? May? The end of June. June? Okay. So yeah, then I, I was looking it up that? last night. Yeah. That's, I don't know. September, like, October, November, December, January, 40 something weeks. So that's 10 months. Mm-hmm. So yeah, about 40 weeks. That's not enough time to learn the stuff that they need to learn to take those tests. With only like one class each oh week. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> that's yeah. only 40 classes per like subject. That's it. Yeah. They go 40 times and that's it. I mean, I well, obviously we don't know their full schedule, but I feel like at least some of the classes are probably multiple times a week. But with like Defense Against the Dark Arts, in this case, it seems like it's only once a week. Yeah. I, I think that they should have at least, well, not Divination necessarily, but the other classes that are mentioned, like Potions or Defense Against the Dark Arts or like Charms or... Yeah whatever i feel like, like they should have those classes the ones that put into practice what they're learning multiple times a week yeah like in my mind divination would be like an extracurricular yeah in a sense like yeah. it's not the most important thing yeah but it, it's there it's there and they're taking it you know yeah but i don't think it should be like a consistent like oh we take this every single day or whatever you know yeah no the the ones that would be uh, most important would be like charms, transfiguration, yeah. defense against dark arts, yeah. potions, things like that. Um, yeah. I, I think it is interesting. I've probably mentioned this in a previous book, but I think it is interesting that it, they actually have a class called defense against the dark arts. <laughs> like, why was that needed? Why yeah. is it needed? I mean, it is needed for Harry Potter, but in general, like, when did it get implemented? Yeah, and also, like, why is it a required class? Because we know that potions isn't required. After a certain point, you can't really, like, you don't have to take it unless you want to become, like, an auror or a certain field that uses it. Um, And at that point, you have to have, like, a specific grade in it, like, in your test to be able to take it. 
yes for that purpose and stuff so like obviously you eventually get to a point where like you don't have to take a certain class or whatever but for defense yeah. against the dark arts it's literally almost always a requirement for everyone no matter what and I don't know. I think that's really interesting because that's like basically making people take a self-defense class in high school when yeah, usually self-defense classes yeah. are optional. So Yeah, okay. I just read an interesting thing about yes. Defense Against Dark Arts. I, I, I was looking to see if it said anywhere. Like um, why it was in, required? <laughs> yeah, like why if it was actually required for like all years. Okay. Uh, but why I something I had forgotten about because I haven't read the books in so long is mm-hmm. that like, I, I knew it was a jinxed uh, position, uh, you know, just because, like, no no teacher has lasted longer than a year. Yeah. Uh, but I had forgotten, or maybe I didn't realize, that's because Tom Riddle jinxed the position because yep. Albus Dumbledore did not give him the job when he applied for it. Yep. Which, why did he apply for it, is my question. That was a very good question. <laughs> Considering like, he was already doing bad things. <laughs> exactly. He's already doing bad things. Like, he is the dark arts. He's into the dark arts. This well, is defense against the dark arts. Maybe he was applying, hoping that Voldemort, or Voldemort, hoping that Dumbledore wouldn't, like, pay attention to the fact that he was doing the dark arts, that he could teach more people about the dark arts. Yeah, maybe. And convince them to join maybe. him. Maybe. Yeah. That could have been his like, oh, this will be the easiest recruitment strategy ever. But but Might then Dumbledore it. said absolutely not. <laughs> well, of course Dumbledore did. I think Dumbledore already knew what Tom was into, oh, yeah. what he was going into. No, he definitely did. <laughs> so I think it also depends on when Tom applied for it. Was it right after Hogwarts or was it just like a few years after Hogwarts? Was he already I mean, like getting up there in the Dark Arts? Like really getting up there or what? I would say even if it was um, like while he was at Hogwarts or right after, Dumbledore was a professor there. So he had been paying attention to Tom Riddle the whole time anyway. And he knew that Tom Riddle had something to do with the Chamber of Secrets. Like he knew it. So I don't see any world where Dumbledore would have been like, absolutely, yes, I would love to have you on my staff. Keep opening the chamber, Tom. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Highly doubtful. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah i guess my next comment yeah is, it's yours is, yeah okay so it's mentioned sorry mentioned you know the next two days passed without great incident except for neville melting his sixth cauldron in potions class and my only question is is this his sixth cauldron over the past three plus years or is it the sixth one within that one class period yeah that's a good question i think it's over the past like three plus years that's insane yeah. How do you, how do you melt a cauldron? How? Yeah. <laughs> how did he do that? How did he manage that? Because <laughs> my next question. <laughs> I just don't know how you could. Isn't it like I think of the cauldrons as well? They're probably not cast iron, but something pretty similar to being like a really sturdy, heavy metal. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and they have to be to make potions. I would yeah. think. Like I'm sure you're working with some stuff that would nece- that would usually like. Melt a regular yeah. bowl or something, you know? Yeah. And I'd say that it's probably something that would need to, like, be relatively easily cleanable. So, like, they probably, like, burn off whatever residue there is inside or something like that, you know? Yeah. I don't know how you would melt a cauldron. I don't... 
I don't think that one really makes a lot of sense, and I don't think Joe should have included it, but whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have lots of problems with the things she includes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's just not a very good writer. It's true. She's not. Good world builder, bad writer. <laughs> good, great <laughs> world builder, bad writer. However, there is a sentence later that I was like, this is actually a really good sentence. Ooh, I'm interested. We'll get I to might it. might not remember it, or I might. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, otherwise, the rest of the series, eh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how Neville melted his cauldron, though. That makes no sense. No idea. I have no idea. Um, I do not know. But they go to Defense Against the Dark Arts, and they're very excited. This is their first time in the class, and they've heard good things about Mad-Eye, you know. They've been anticipating this the whole week. They get there, and they're all pulling their books out and, like, you know, excited and chatty about him and stuff. And he walks in, and he's like, put those away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, don't pull those out. We don't need those. And I was like, okay. Uh, but I was like, well, I'm sure that also just like made them all happy because obviously that means it's an object lesson and that they're not going to be reading out of the textbook or doing an assignment out of the textbook or whatever, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what I would have assumed if any of my teachers were like, put your books away. We don't need those today. Like, OK, so yeah. what are we doing today? Are we playing a game? Are we doing an object lesson? Like, what is it? You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of curious as to if. I mean, I guess one is this Mad-Eye, the fake Mad-Eye. Is he ever going to have them use their textbooks? And secondly, would the real Mad-Eye, like what what would the real Mad-Eye teach them? Yeah. Because we know Barty Crouch is, an, is, is a different kind of teacher, you know? He, he is different. That is true. He's, he's very different. <laughs> I don't know what the real Mad-Eye would teach them, honestly. I don't. I don't know if we ever really know anything that they're supposed to necessarily learn in Defense Against the Dark Arts. Yeah, because I I think Mad-Eye is very, or at least somewhat toned down in the movies. Mm -hmm. But in the books, at least, like, he's he's very paranoid uh, because, you know, he's put several, you know, wizards into Azkaban and things like that, you know? So he's very paranoid. So I'm very curious to see what he would have been like and what he would have taught had it been the real Mad-Eye. Yeah, I also wonder that. But we will yeah. never know. Yeah. I also <laughs> had another random thought while I was yes. reading this part. <laughs> um, so so obviously, the real Mad-Eye is at Hogwarts <laughs> with the fake Mad-Eye. Because, yes. you know, Barty Crouch has to get yeah. more Polyjuice hair potion. or whatever yeah. for his Polyjuice potion. Um, and so my random thought was, do owls still deliver mail to the correct recipient, regardless of if someone is using polyjuice mm. potion to pretend to be the actual recipient? That's a good question. Owls just magically know yeah. somehow who they're sending stuff to. I don't know how, but they just do. Yeah, the owl thing there. doesn't make sense anyway, either. But I, I mean, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> I don't <question>. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. know either. I have no idea. That's such a good question. I wonder if if it would... What are the words I'm looking for? If it would confuse them, you know? If there were two different ones. It could. Because the polyjuice potion uses some of that person. So there would be some traces of that person in the polyjuice potion that the other person drinks and they turn into, a, you know? Yeah, I don't know how owls work. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I wish I could could tell yeah <laughs> i wish i knew 
Um, one thing I did think was interesting about this class, despite the fact that Matt I told them to put their books away, he still took attendance. Do we ever hear of any teachers at this school taking attendance ever? I think this is the only time. I would think that like the first year, the first year, the first couple classes, yes. Yeah. Other than that, though, it would probably just be like, you know, just like look up everyone. Okay, everyone's here or so-and-so is missing. Like you don't have to call attendance. Yeah. But also Mad-Eye is a new teacher. Yeah. So it's probably best that he does, you know, take attendance just to make sure he knows who is who. But did Lupin take attendance? I don't know. And who was it before that? Gilderoy. Did Gilderoy <laughs> take attendance? No, of course he didn't. He only cares about himself. So I, I don't know if the new teacher thing flies. <laughs> I, I feel like Lupin would have taken attendance. I think he would I just too. don't think it was in the book. I just don't know why Joe felt like it was important to talk about him taking attendance. I was like, this seems like a useless I, piece of information. I think us. the reason she included it is probably because Mad Eye has that magical eye, and I think each and each time you know someone said here or present or whatever, that magical oh, eye went to them, them, so yeah. he could know who is who without gotcha. actually like his regular eye looking up. That yeah. okay? Yeah, I guess, but still weird that, inclusion. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was really just to to draw attention to the eye. <laughs> Really? We already had the eye um, drawn to earlier with Ferret, Malfoy, and Crab and Goyle. We're going to get it several <laughs> times this book, we I are. think. We are. So. Sure. <laughs> I don't think the attendance was necessary, but it's fine. He took attendance. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. And, you know, he's like, you know what, guys? We're just going to dive right on in to the illegal stuff right now. First day of class, yeah. we're talking about the unforgivable curses. The three you can go to jail for. Yeah. Why are we teaching 14-year-olds unforgivable curses? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, I, I know I know Mad-Eye makes a comment about how, like, oh, the ministry doesn't want you to know this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, uh, or, like, you're not supposed to know this until your sixth year. It's like, okay, I understand why they wait. But mm-hmm. also, like... I, I guess I understand why it's like, oh, let's teach you about this now. Because first of all, it's Barty Crouch Jr. Yes. Uh, secondly, Harry Potter is in the class. Yes. So true. it just, I like. Also, no, he they, knows that Neville Longbottom's in the class and it'll affect both of them. True. I don't know if he necessarily was trying to get Neville, but maybe he was. I think he was. Maybe. Especially considering when he asked about another curse and Neville raised his hand, he specifically ignored Hermione and went for Neville so that Neville would answer. I mean, he ignored Hermione for the first two, so. That's true. But I think he was hoping Neville would raise his hand and try to talk about the one that happened to his parents. Yeah. That's unfortunate because he very, very well knows what happened to Neville's parents. Um... But yeah, so he he goes through this thing where he is talking about all of them. He talks about the Imperius curse and how it's total control over something um, or someone that's living. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, he asks and Neville like talks about the Cruciatus curse. Like he mentions that. And so then he explains the Cruciatus curse and how it, it causes really intense pain. And he doesn't just talk about them. He shows them on spiders. 
Yeah. Um, which is freaking Ron out, of course, because Ron doesn't like spiders. Um, the Cruciatus curse hardcore affects Neville because now Neville gets to see exactly what his parents went through. And, you know, I don't think that would be a pleasant experience knowing that they were dealing with that much pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and like the spiders don't make noise. No, they don't. So it, it's not like you were hearing any yeah. of the pain, you know. But, it, like, I'm sure you could imagine. Well, especially since Harry makes, like, the comment in his head or whatever that if they could scream, they definitely would be. Yes. Which isn't great. We don't really want to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I just felt bad for Neville having to see, like, what his parents went through. I mean, um, I, I, like, I understand why... Because I, I don't know how, like, previous professors or other professors would teach yeah. about uh, the unforgivable curses. But yeah. I'm sure they would do something similar, doing it on a, like, a smaller creature or something. Just to be like, this is what the curses do. Um, but it's like, it, it definitely wasn't appropriate for 14-year-olds, I think. I think they needed to mature a bit more, you know, until sixth year at least. Well, and I... Because those are those are the illegal curses. Like you're not supposed to cast those. You get in trouble if you do. So yeah. my thing is, I don't even know if teachers would be casting them and showing the students what they do. I mean that too. Yeah, I'm not sure they would. Like, I think, I think I the think, way Mad Eye's teaching it is an extreme yeah, way to it's teach. It's very it. extreme. Like I'm sure that they would discuss them and talk about them and mm-hmm. what they do and like what happens and if it's used too much, it can do this or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I I feel like maybe. They, like, learn how Imperius and Cruciatus, like, feels and, like, works when they're becoming an Auror so that Mm -hmm. they know what to expect if it gets turned on them, you know? But I don't think it makes any sense for them to see it or experience it in their teens. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right on that. It's like, I, I understand why Mad Eye is teaching it the way he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's Probably better not. left for aura training. Yeah. And that's then I, I did have a, a question. So, you know, they have the Imperius curse and the Cruciatus curse, but then they have the killing curse. Why doesn't it get a fancy Latin name? That's a good I was question. like, weird that it's just normal English. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all right. <laughs> like they yeah. could have called it like the cadaver curse or something. I don't yeah. know. Something. Here, here's something <laughs> too. I I think it's interesting that you know, uh, like with the imperious curse, the cruciatus curse. You know, like that's not those aren't the words that you would use when you mm-hmm. say the spell. Yeah. And then you just have the killing curse, which like when when. Uh, Mad Eye does ask, like, what's the last curse? Hermione literally says the words Avada Kedavra. Yeah. And I was like, wouldn't you not want to speak them? <laughs> yeah. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be kind of like he who must not be named? Like, you you would just call it the killing curse? Like, you right. don't want to speak the words? Like, what are, what are we like, doing yikes. here, guys? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm very curious and confused by that <laughs> yeah problems friends problems yeah um I, yeah sorry go ahead i i had another comment about though about about this moment where you know hermione is like oh yeah it's about a cadaver 
Um, and Mad Eye's kind of like, yes, the last and the worst. And I was like, I'm not really sure it's the worst one. Yeah, I don't think I it's like, the worst. It's I feel a quick like the death. other two would be worse. Yeah, it's a quick death. It's probably think, a painless death, you know? I think out of all of them, Cruciatus is probably the worst one. Probably, yeah. Like, like obviously, like killing someone, awful. Completely Horrible. awful. But I think the other two are worse. Yeah. Like you go through torture or you go through yeah. having to do things against your will. Like those are awful. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a fate worse than death. Ultimately. Yes. Ultimately. Which is, yes. Which is, you know, yeah, it's bad. And you know, death is really bad. Right. Yes. But obviously having to like go through that pain and then like live the rest of your life with it. I don't mm. think that would be super fun either. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's I would say that it's similar to how Hermione felt when she was like I can't get expelled because that's like way worse than dying. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like okay. <laughs> like I I just that's literally like what my my thoughts went to. I was like so worse than death. <laughs> yep, worse than death. Yep. <laughs> Like yep, you're right first that. year Hermione was like, bye, I'm not getting expelled. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. She's she's like, you better kill me before I'm expelled. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what that's how first year Hermione was. Ooh, yep. Yeah. It, it was. It was. You know, she she cared a lot about Hogwarts. She still does, okay? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. She still does, but now she's more relaxed on things. Yeah, just a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> um so, okay, I thought it was really interesting, though, that Moody, Crouch, whatever we want to call him, called the killing curse not nice and not pleasant. And I was yeah. like, okay. And then he said that there is no blocking it. So mm-hmm. I was like, so Harry can't block it with expelling Armus like he does later? I think... I mean, you're right. You're completely right about this whole, like, not blocking what? it thing. I think... <laughs> Like, I know it has to do with the wands. I know it has to do with the wands, but he literally blocks Avada Kedavra. Yeah, no, you know what? You know what? Here's another interesting thing, now that I'm really thinking about it. Because, you know, with Avada Kedavra, with the Killing Curse, there is the flash of green light. Like, as as Mm -hmm. far as we're aware, something shoots out of the wand. With Expelliarmus, nothing shoots out of the wand. So, when Harry and Voldemort have the whole thing with Expelliarmus and Avada Kedavra, how is Harry having something... A red That's light come out of his wand. I'm saying. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, okay, we've talked about this before. Joe doesn't know what Expelliarmus does. No, she doesn't. She changes honest, it for every so book. <laughs> she changes it every single book. So, like, okay, all right, got it. But, yeah, no, 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 you're right. Harry does end up blocking uh, the Killing Curse with Expelliarmus. Yeah. Yeah. So, a simple disarming charm How? blocks expel like blocks the killing curse. How? Like a first year spell blocks the killing curse? No, I don't think so. And then I was like, yeah, Harry's the only survivor of the curse, sure, whatever, because he mentions that like the only survivor is in the room with them right now. All right, yeah. cool, whatever. And I was like, but you can't say it isn't blockable and then later have it be blockable. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that is not how it works. It's not how <laughs> writing works. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
Otherwise, Harry would just Good. be dead again, right? Like, wouldn't it work the yeah. second time? Yeah, I like, like I, I obviously we understand that the whole thing with Harry and Voldemort is that both of their wands have the same core, whatever, because uh, it's like the, a feather from the same phoenix, the only two in existence, and uh, and but but I just uh, now that I'm really thinking about it, how does Harry have a red light coming out of his wand? That's going to bug me now. It's bothered me for years. So welcome to my world. <laughs> I've never thought about it. I'm glad you're feeling my pain. <laughs> oh, Hope you no. have a great time here. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah. Okay. Moody, oh. like ignoring the fact that it's apparently blockable, but isn't blockable, whatever. Yeah. Moody continues on and he says that the unforgivable curses need to be understood and that they shouldn't be underestimated. All right. Good. Yeah. That's a valid way to teach, but maybe don't mm. show them to the class. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, after the lesson, you can yeah, tell. Before, oh yes, go ahead. Before yeah. before we move on from that, kind more. of still on this uh, thing. Okay. This is where this is where I found a beautiful sentence. Uh, so you know, uh, Mad Eye does the killing curse on the spider, oh, yeah. obviously, and Harry's kind of like reflecting on the fact that oh yeah, my parents died by this curse, and so uh, here here's just here's just a beautiful sentence right here. Had they simply seen the flash of green light and heard the rush of speeding death before life was wiped from their bodies? Like, I thought that was just really pretty how it was just kind of like, oh, heard the rush of speeding death. I don't know. I really liked it when I read it. No, that's pretty good imagery, honestly. Like, yeah. You know, sometimes she's okay. Okay. Sometimes. But, but sometimes. <laughs> this is right after she claimed that the killing curse isn't blockable and later makes it blockable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, but even still, yeah. So, so that's a good sentence for Joe. Sure. Has really good sentences. Yeah, that's like one of the only ones in the series. Well, and then there's the um, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers, remembers to, like, to turn, turn on, on a light or whatever. Light, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's a very common one. But yeah, she's not. There's not a lot of like lines or sentences that you can necessarily quote from her. <laughs> Because her writing is like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine, um, but eh. <laughs> uh, So, you know, class ends. And, like, the class had been silent for, like, most of the class, to be honest. Because it was like, oh, you're all taking notes now. And it was like, okay, silence. Uh, but as soon as the class is over, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. Like, blah, 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 whatever. And it's like, I feel like you should maybe be a little more shaken up <laughs> than... Uh, than you are because most of the class isn't shaken up at all they think like oh that was super awesome got yeah. to see it in action it doesn't matter that spiders were you know killed and tortured and whatever it doesn't matter they're just spiders but you know then you have like harry whose life has been affected by the healing curse yeah. and neville whose life has been affected by the cruciatus curse like they're very obviously shaken up hermione's not happy with the lesson like, no not at all. i feel like more people should have been um, not happy with that lesson. You know, they should have um, been upset. I, I agree, like. but I would argue that these people probably don't see spiders as, like, necessarily living creatures. They probably are like, ugh, 
you know get rid of all the spiders right who cares what happens to them um second they probably have absolutely no connection to any of these curses it's probably never affected anyone in their family or anything at all so they probably just think it's really cool to be able to see it and know that it's like illegal and they experienced it kind of but and you also have to remember that they're all 14 year olds mm -hmm. exactly So 14 year olds are gonna think that this is awesome yeah yeah but then of course you have neville and harry whose parents both dealt with one of the curses and then hermione who's like really close to these two who's like well that's not really a good way to teach that especially considering how it affected them you know yeah so like yes i think the rest of the class should understand the gravity of what just went down in their classroom but i also don't think that they were necessarily taught that they were as extreme or understand how bad they are necessarily yeah because because it's not happened it's not something that affects them yeah or has affected them at this point yeah so they probably are still in that that boat of like oh it's fine it's whatever it's like the the bystanders who record a video of like a fight or something Mm -hmm. instead of like trying to help stop it or whatever you know yeah so I I would say that that's probably why it's not great and they shouldn't be saying how awesome that lesson was because that was not an awesome lesson that was horrible Mm -hmm. but it is what it is (laughs) yeah exactly um and so of course you know Neville is struggling like really bad after that lesson and um you know Hermione and Harry and Ron are all like, oh, like, we should talk to Neville and, like, all this. And I think they were going to try and help him feel better, like, go do something with him or whatever. But then Moody is like, hey, Neville, come have a cup of tea with me. And I I was just reading this, like, I don't think Neville wants to hang out with you right now. Like, he like, you literally just showed him exactly what happened to his parents. Like, I don't think, I think you're probably one of the last people he wants to be around right now, you know? Oh, 100%. Yeah. But he goes anyway, so Harry, Ron, and Hermione don't get to help cheer up Neville and stuff, and Neville goes... Neville basically looked at them like, help me, please help me. Yeah, but I I don't think there was a lot they could have done, because I think Moody was going to push it no matter what. Oh yeah, definitely. Neville ended up going with him because he was like, oh, I have books about herbology to like show you. Sprout told me how good you are in it. And I was like, you know what, at least he said something like that, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know. He was pretty cruel in that class <laughs> with regards yeah. to Neville. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, like, Neville is, like, on the softer side. Yeah. If you want to put it that way. Um, and so it's just, like, I, I, that wasn't, it just was not a good lesson for him. No. It was a bad at lesson. All. Yeah. It, it was a lesson that would have needed to come with a trigger warning. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um but of I mean, course not <laughs> I, I mean honestly that's a lesson that needed to be approved by like the yes. headmaster which i highly doubt dumbledore would have said yes to that i don't think so no but also um like mad even makes the comment that like the ministry doesn't want you guys to learn about these until your sixth year but i think you need to know now it's like okay all no. right <laughs> no no, 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 yeah. no. But, you know, they uh, they head off. I guess Hermione goes off to the library again. Um, yeah. <laughs> and oh, Harry yeah. and Ron go to do their divination homework, finally. <laughs> and, uh-huh. 
like they're at first like actually trying and then um i think ron is the one who makes the comment of like harry we can just like fake it i'm just gonna write random stuff yeah it's like after like an hour of work ron's like harry i can't do this (laughs) i'm making up stuff so they crumple up their original assignment that they had actually put real effort into and just start over with bullshit (laughs) so okay Um, yeah. I, and I was like, I, I laughed a little bit because at first they really were kind of somewhat basing it off of their real lives because Harry like said, oh, I'm going to get burned on Monday. And Ron was like, you actually are because we're going to go to that class with blast ended scroots and stuff. But then <laughs> they go so far to be like, oh, I'm going to drown or whatever. Like, brah, mm-hmm. no, no, you're not. <laughs> I mean, I... I really want to know how Professor Trelawney's going to react to them, to their homework. Yeah. I really want to know the fallout of this. I want to know what she says when she reads them. Is she going to be like, oh my God, like, oh, you're right. You're right about all this. Or is she actually going to like try to look up their own uh, whatever, whatever it was that they were doing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm so curious. I think it was a horoscope. (laughs) Yeah, it was essentially a horoscope based on their birthday. It was I yeah. was supposed to be for like I'm the next month. I'm pretty sure it was a horoscope. Yeah, it was the next month. Yeah, so, like predict a the long next time. month of their lives. <laughs> but um, while they're working on their homework, Fred and George are also working on something in secret in the common room. Yes. So you know, we we still don't really know what Fred and George are uh, putting their heads together over, but this one it seems like they're talking about the Triwizard Tournament. I think right? so. Yeah, I think. Or at least that's I, I think that's what, what we, we can understand. assume. Yeah, it, yeah, I just I feel like every time they're gonna be putting their heads together right now up until the the um, goblet happens, they'll be trying to figure out a way to get into the tournament. I think. Yeah. Oh, of course. And then after that, it'll probably be back to their uh, their jokes. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be back to Weasley's wizard wheezes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's pointed out that like, oh, Fred and George are so quiet right now. Like they're usually trying to be the center of attention, but Mm -hmm. here they're 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 working on something secret. It seems like. Yeah, they don't want anyone to know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And then Hermione comes back from the library, guys. She's back. <laughs> and she's like, I'm done. It's like, done with what? Yeah, they're like, what did, What were you doing? We know you weren't doing homework. You said you weren't doing homework. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and Hermione, like, makes a comment about how, like, their assignments for divination look super fake. And she's like, you really don't think Trelawney's going to see straight through these? <laughs> and Ron's like, we've been working like house elves. And I was like, oh, oh. right, yeah. to Hermione you're saying that to Hermione Um, and Hermione immediately goes on her like thing about spew and I don't even know what that stands for actually I don't remember Uh, let me look it up because I didn't even write it down I thought about it and then I was like nah I'm good (laughs) Um, let's see Uh, spew or known as according to Hermione it's S-P-E-W stands for the Society for the Promotion of Elfish Welfare yes so Hermione is now um, hardcore organizing her uh, group, club, whatever you would call it at Hogwarts, um, that is trying to work to make house elves' lives better. Yes. Um, 
which is fine, but I think maybe she should talk to some house elves before she tries to do this, because I think that maybe they would want to have a say in it. Yes, I feel like, (laughs) I, I, like, people have told Hermione, like, I think in this moment, too, it's like, Hermione... The, the house elves are happy with what yeah. they're doing now. I think that's what Ron says to her. Yeah, I think Ron says that. I think he's like, the house elves are perfectly happy. You don't need to do this. Yeah. Ron's like, they enjoy it. Yeah. Like, and, this is what they like to do. And I think Hermione starts going off about like, oh, but you know, like they were uh, like essentially just raised this way and they don't need to be like this. Yeah. That or I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. But <laughs> it's just like. They were born into this, uh, you know, they shouldn't have to, you know, be slaves. And it's like, well, they're, they're happy with it. It's fine, I guess. Yeah. I, I, let it go. Yeah. I understand, but I don't, this, the wizarding world is so archaic. It's yes. not going to change. Yes. And like, yes, we understand Hermione's intentions here. Oh, 100%. But if the yes. house elves wanted it to change, don't you think they would have just stopped? Yes. Like, they, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, if if the house elves really wanted to start being paid for their work, you know, I, I'm sure they would have gone on strike. They would have done kind of just whatever they needed to yeah. in order to make it happen. But, for, like, first of all, you have to have enough house elves that want to do that. And I feel like it would be hard to get the numbers for that because, you know, house elves are assigned to specific houses. I'm pretty sure they live there. I kind of doubt they're really traveling anywhere. I don't think they really talk to each other. I I don't think so either. I think that's the thing. I think the house elves don't really, don't really know each other. No. So no, I don't think they can really go on strike. So yeah, Spew is now happening, Um, and I know that this is a big part of why so many people don't really like this book. They think it's boring because of all the chapters that kind of focus on Spew, whatever. I love this book, it's fine. (laughs) But like, it's happening now, and I was like, I don't know anyone that would wear a badge that says that. (laughs) Yeah. But, but then, you know, she also drops in the little fact that she made Ron treasurer and Harry secretary and that Harry should start taking notes. And I was like, I, you didn't even give them an option. <laughs> here's the funny thing, too, is that, you know, like Hermione first introduces Spew to them. And I think it was Ron. Ron's like, well, how many people are in this? And she was like, three, if you two join. And I was like, OK, so that's an if. Yeah, and then if. by the end of this, she's like, OK, you're treasurer, you're secretary. Yep. Harry, take notes. <laughs> And She's like, like, y'all have already uh, joined now. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I, you guys don't have a choice. You are a part of this. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Just because they're friends with Hermione. <laughs> yeah, Hermione just voluntold them that they're yeah. a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. But during this, um, Hedwig happens to come in and tap on the window to their, their Gryffindor tower, and Harry's like, oh my gosh! And so, you know, she comes in and, and gives him a note from Sirius saying that he's uh, going to start traveling back up north and he's like, hey, if it's bothering you again, go talk to Dumbledore and all of this, you know. Um, and Harry starts thinking and worrying that he's putting Sirius in danger because Sirius is coming back to the area mm, when yeah. he was somewhere safe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's happening now. 
Um, Hedwig gets really annoyed with Harry, though, because Harry's like, I don't have anything to give you. I, I don't think it's that she's annoyed with him because he doesn't have anything to give her. Like, she, she's trying to be affectionate towards him. And, and obviously, yeah, sure, she wants food. But Harry is just immediately annoyed by her That's and true. is like, Hedwig, get the fuck out of here. I don't have food for you. Go away. Go to the Owlry. Yeah. It's like, Harry, why are you being so mean? She, she was gone for just ages. Came back. Yeah, she literally just came back from who knows where with a letter from Sirius. Like, yeah. don't you love your owl? Like, thank God you're safe. I'm so glad you're here. Like, I'm yeah. so sorry I don't have any food for you or anything. Like, but you can go to the Owlry. That's fine. But no, he's just like, get out of here. Go yeah. to the Owlry. Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Especially considering she's been gone since, like, before he left the Dursleys. Like, he sent her out True. while he was at the Dursleys. He yeah. went to the Weasleys. He went to the, the Quidditch World Cup. He has now traveled on the train to Hogwarts. He's at Hogwarts. And now she's back. Yeah. And like this is, it's what, like Thursday now? Yeah, it's been Of weeks. their first week of school. So I, I don't know if it's been. I would say I think, two weeks. Yeah, I think at most it's been two weeks. I think it's been two weeks. That's it's, a long yeah, time. That is a long time. <laughs> so I. Yeah. I, I don't blame her for wanting him to, like, pay attention to her. Right? <laughs> right? Like, Harry, do you not love your owl? No. Apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. Okay, then. But, yeah, that that's what happened. And... I don't know. My last comment isn't really important. Neville is lying awake yeah. as well, which I think is really just a carryover from the lesson really bothering him. Um, yeah, because because basically, like Harry goes up to bed is like, "I'm done talking to you, Ron and Hermione. I'm done. I'm going upstairs." Um, and so by the time Ron gets back um, into the dorm room, like Harry's pretending to be asleep, and then like after Ron goes to bed, it's yep. like, "Wait, Neville's not snoring, so he's awake too." Yep. Interesting. <laughs> so now both of them are laying awake, which like is normally just Harry laying awake because he. Has a hard time sleeping, friends. <laughs> what yeah. with his nice dreams that have flashes of green light and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. But that's the end of chapter 14. Yes, it is. Fun times. And uh, we do have our research about the Quidditch World Cup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so many problems. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I I feel like we're probably going to repeat a lot of the stuff that we already yep. talked about with the Quidditch World Cup. We are. Um but we probably do have a few additional comments to make. I I would say we do cuz there were some things yeah. that I found that were not ones we talked about before, so mm-hmm. I know I um, found just some, like, random things that I was yeah. like, oh, that's interesting. I did, too. I found a few that were really interesting. Um, yeah. But our first one for both of us, I just took a little paragraph from one of the websites that was talking about the Quidditch World Cup, so I'm just going to read it. <laughs> yeah, go for um, it. But it says, there's some inconsistency in dates surrounding the World Cup in Goblet of Fire, Ludo Bag- Bagman welcomes everyone to the 422nd Quidditch World Cup, which... Um, with Quidditch through the ages and Pottermore, they both like tell you the history of the World Cup competition and say that the cup was first held in 1473 and then held every four years since. 
which means that the cup had been held around 130 times in 1994, which is nowhere near 422 times. So why are we picking random numbers, Joe? Yeah, and to add on to that, if this really were the 422nd World Cup and the World Cup happened every four years, then the tournament really should have started around 306, like the year 306, Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of 1473. Which is a lot earlier. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Over a thousand years earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Problems. Yeah. Uh, I I would say uh, kind of one additional thing is that like um, in the 15th and 16th centuries, only European teams were allowed to be a part of the Quidditch World Cup. So like there are some people who believe that the Quidditch World Cup actually began in the 17th century Mm -hmm. when like the rest of the world was able to start joining in on it. That is interesting. So not even 1473. Yep. Joe. Joe. Come on. Um, I thought it was really funny. So this is um, in the future, basically, from when they went. But uh, Crum retired after the 2002 game because he, uh, he couldn't catch the snitch. And so he was like crying and retired. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even look into the future ones, honestly. I just looked into, like, the entire, like, past I history. I didn't either. I didn't. But this one showed up on one of my things, and I saw Crumb's name, okay. and I was like, oh, what is this about Crumb? And then I was what like, oh, my Crumb? gosh. I was just dying because he just retired because he couldn't catch the snitch and was crying about it. Oh, no. Poor Crumb. <laughs> Poor baby. Poor baby. Oh, no. <laughs> I did think it was really interesting that the first World Cup tournament in 1473, quote yes. unquote, not the right year, had um, all 700 methods of Quidditch fouling committed by participating teams, and that a good number of those uh, those fouls were actually created because of this game. I want to know how there were 700 fouls committed. Yeah, me too. How long was this game? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, do you want to hear yeah. some of the uh, the fouls, though? Yeah, go for it. I'm ready. Okay. So this includes the transfiguration of a chaser into a polecat. Yes. The attempted decapitation of a keeper with a broadsword. And the release of 100 vampire bats from underneath the robes of the Transylvanian captain. Yeah. Yeah. What? I was like, the fact that those like even count as ways to foul in this game is scary. And then, like, this you know, yeah, crazy. they were created there, like, with lots of new fouls created. And I was, like, just literal insanity. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Yeah. This, like, Quidditch is crazy, <laughs> apparently. Wizards are crazy. Wizards are crazy. Want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, I just, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Another one that I thought was interesting was in 1809. It was Attack of the Killer Forest. Um, basically, uh, Nico Nenad of the Romanian team hired some dark wizards to bewitch the trees in the the forest nearby the Quidditch World Cup, uh, and they killed or injured any wizards that were in its path, and this battle literally lasted seven hours long. Yeah, so a a little bit more about that, (laughs) because I did read that. Um, basically at some point, uh, during the game, you know, uh, this guy, Nico Nenad... 
he got really angry and like hit a bludger into the forest. And that's when the trees actually like started that attack. I guess maybe that was a signal or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, this, this guy, Nico, he was supposed to be, I guess, tried for some sort of punishment afterwards, after the whole thing had happened. However, he did actually die to one of the trees. So Deserved. He <laughs> deserved, yes. <laughs> they couldn't try him, though, because he was dead. All right. He was dead, yeah. All right, yeah. buddy. Maybe don't have dark wizards bewitch trees mm-hmm. to be yeah. evil. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that sounds fun. Um, And then the last one that I like had a comment about for like a specific match was that mm-hmm. um, in 2014, there was a bloodbath at the mascot themed opening ceremony um, where the different mascots, there were like a bunch of them. It was like four or five different mascots. I don't know why. why? I don't know. Why? There were like four or five different mascots, <laughs> groups of them, um, uh-huh. that ultimately ended up fighting and injuring 300 crowd members because they just weren't compatible yeah. to be in the same place together. And I was very, very confused how Haiti thought that Inferi would be a good mascot. Yeah, I don't know. Really? I- Inferi? Uh, mm-hmm. Really? Mm, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no. <laughs> like that that is what's guarding the locket in book 6. Right? Why yeah. are we bringing Inferi into this? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Am I right about that? It is Inferi that's guarding the locket. I think right? so. I think so. I think you're I right think about that. I think it's Inferi. I think I'm right about that. If I'm not right, I'll correct myself later. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But like Haiti, really? Really? Are you good? Why would you choose Inferi? And isn't the mascot... Well, the mascot's also supposed to be, from from what I understand, the mascot is supposed to be like from their like native land. So like, are Inferi actually from Haiti originally? I have no clue. All I know is they're like the undead and that's it. Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> and they're scary. <laughs> they're terrifying. <sighs> um, so Good. cool. Good job, Haiti. Awesome. Good job. Great. I mean, Haiti's not the only one to blame. There were other countries involved with their other mascots that I can't remember the names of, and I couldn't remember what they were because they had weird names and we hadn't heard about them, I don't think, in the books. But I was oh. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Because that one yeah. particularly, I know that name. And I was like, are you serious? Apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh. They couldn't have found like a nice creature. Like a puff skein or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was up to be like, what creatures are nice? <laughs> like a little puff ball. <laughs> yeah. Why not bring a bunch of puff balls <laughs> instead yeah. of in theory? <laughs> I mean, why why have mascots? Why bring mascots? Also that. Why does it have to be like a specific mascot from that place? Why couldn't it be like wizard cheerleaders? Yeah, <laughs> just get wizard cheerleaders. Come on. You don't That's really need all you need. A creature mascot <laughs> to watch you play a game. Right? That just makes it more dangerous right? in general. You know what? T- uh talking about mascots and things. Uh yes. I have I have a fun little <laughs> gem to oh boy. include. Uh, th- this doesn't include only mascots, but it does say something about a specific type of mascot. 
so the rule book concerning both on and off pitch magic was alleged to stretch to 19 volumes and to include such rules as no dragon is to be introduced into the stadium for any purpose, including but not limited to team mascot, coach, or cup warmer, and modification of any part of the referee's body, whether or not he or she has requested such modification, will lead to a lifetime ban from the tournament and possibly imprisonment. Wow. Who's having dragons as coaches? I kind of want to know. Who's modifying their body and what are they doing to it? Yeah, my question is, <laughs> is the referee modifying the body themselves? Or are you talking about like some random person in the crowd is like, oh, let me just modify them during the game. I don't like what they're saying. <laughs> Banned. <laughs> Banned. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i can't i don't know <laughs> i don't understand that's insane <laughs> i know right um this is my last one mm-hmm. uh it they made a point to state that it's important to remember the matches from 1994 and onward actually were held every four years like joe said um, and I was like, so she just can't do math to figure out what year the Quidditch World Cup actually started. And I was like, and that's on being a writer who's too lazy to do your own math research. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. She just picks a random date and is like, oh, it's not going to matter. No one's going to care. They're not going to know. She was oh, like, oh, it's like, she's like, oh, it's like the Olympics every four years starts in 1473. That works. <laughs> like, it doesn't no? work. It doesn't. You shouldn't have said when it started if you weren't going to do the math correctly. I- God, I know. Yeah, I mean, either... Honestly, she should have picked the date and then done the correct math. Agreed. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's all she should have done. Yeah. Because we were able to do the math for 1473. Clearly, online was able to do the math for 1473. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't need to be the 422nd Quidditch World Cup. It could be the 130th, you know? Mm-hmm, exactly no one's gonna like bat their eyes at your number and be like oh that's not a big enough cool enough number right yeah why did it like, have to be 422 <laughs> like i understand why she wanted 422 but if it was going to be 422 then she needed to have the correct starting year yep 1473 is incorrect that's it <laughs> especially if you're gonna do it every four years yeah so yeah anyway like whatever. like People can do the math and could have realized, like, oh, it's only the 130th game. What the heck? It started in 1472. They do the math and they go, oh, that's right, actually. Okay, cool. Got it. Yeah, exactly. It's minimal, minimal math. We have if calculators. It, exactly. I was going to say, calculators I in can our pockets. <laughs> I'm not even a math person. If I can do it, you can do it. Okay? I was an English exactly. major. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. exactly do you have more comments i feel like i do some of them are just little random things and some of them are like oh this is interesting i like random Uh, things so my my first random one i literally said a bit random but a snitch nip is a quidditch foul that occurs when any player other than the seeker catches the golden snitch the team that commits the snitch commits the snitch nip forfeits the game Hmm. i didn't realize that was the thing that happened (laughs) I didn't know that anyone else was going to try to catch the snitch. Right? Yeah. Like, I guess it makes sense that that could happen. Um, That someone might be like, oh, the snitch is right there. I can catch it. But it's not their job. (laughs) It's not their job. You know, like, I think if anyone were to be the ones to catch it, I feel like it would either be the keeper or the chasers. Yeah. I don't think the beaters would have time. No, they're busy throwing bludgers at everyone. 
Yeah. I mean, like, no one has time for it except the Seeker, really. Yeah. It's his but... whole job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All he's supposed to do is watch for the snitch and find it and get it. Easy. Yeah. That's, that's literally it. the entire job. <laughs> the, my next comment is, the official guide to the Quidditch World Cup is the official guidebook to the Quidditch World Cup and is sold in most reputable bookstores at 39 galleons. If a galleon mm. is worth approximately $25, then the book costs almost $1,000. It is definitely overpriced. That's extremely overpriced. Or that's not how much a galleon is worth. <laughs> that too, but even still, I, I don't... I feel like the book would maybe well, be like $50. Yeah, I, I was like. going to say having it be 39 galleons just sounds wrong because I don't know a single book that I've purchased that's $39 even either. So I think it depends on how big this book is. I mean, yeah, but I think the most expensive book I've ever gotten was like a textbook and it was maybe like 100 maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it depends on what specifically is in this book. Mm-hmm. But also, if it's, like, specifically, like, Quidditch World Cup branded, you know, like, they might rack up the price. Yeah, maybe, but... But even still, it, it is, even it is then, overpriced. A thousand dollars? Yeah, basically. It should, yeah. at most, be, like, a hundred. <laughs> at most. I feel like it would be around fifty. Fifty or seventy honest. or something, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I could see seventy-five. I could see it. Yeah. But I, I can't see a thousand. I don't see anyone spending a thousand dollars on a book. Right? Yeah, like like cause cause wherever I read that, it was like, oh yeah, most wizards say that's overpriced. And I was like, I'm sure, yeah, that sounds right. Well, why aren't they lowering the price if most wizards say it's overpriced? Are we still right? buying how, the book even yeah, though we think it's many, overpriced? Yeah, how many people are actually buying it? That's the real question. <laughs> Because if it's overpriced and you don't buy it, they will lower the price. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're buying the, the books still, they're going to assume that people are still going to just buy it no matter what price it is. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Bad wizards. Bad Stop wizards. Stop buying stuff at high prices. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, my next comment is about the International Statute of Secrecy, which was implemented in 1692. Uh, follow, following that, a regulatory body uh, was set up to locate suitable venues for the tournament to take place, you know, so that the uh, the tournament was hidden to, uh, to muggles. Mm -hmm. uh, so my question is, like, where was the tournament being held before that? Would muggles just come across them all the time before 1692 or what? Good point, because it started when? 1473? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they held I them in the Coliseum. <laughs> Maybe. Because <laughs> I feel like they would already by that point, they would be having these tournaments in places that were somewhat hidden, at least, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't think they would just be out in the open somewhere like, oh, there's a big enough field here. I mean, I know the muggles use it, but this will work for us. Like, no, I don't think so. I think they would be like, well, there's not many muggles over here. So maybe here. Yeah, maybe. But I just I feel like. If muggles were coming across them all the time, then all the muggles would be like, oh, witches, wizards, burn them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, had to, I had to Google the Coliseum to make sure that I was at least accurate on it being around. And it was. It was built in 80, like okay. 72 AD. So Okay, gotcha. It's been around <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Maybe understood. they did use the Coliseum. Maybe. <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe they used it and then just had like wizards at the door to be to I don't know, deter muggles. Be like, oh no, like there's a private event taking place tonight. Like Jeez. go away. <laughs> oh, it's a private event. Don't worry it's about a private it. Private event. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I like muggles, not muggles, oh, like witches and wizards would probably come up with like, I don't know, like a ticket or something. Be like, here's my ticket. And if muggles came up without a ticket, then it's like, well, you can't come in. It's, yeah. It's a ticketed event. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. I have no idea. It's a little crazy though. Just a little. They didn't have any charms propelling muggles before that time. I mean, supposedly. <laughs> I don't think we really know. <laughs> what what year was it that they started? 1692? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then let's see, in 1877, uh, the Quidditch World Cup was supposedly held. It's nicknamed the tournament that nobody remembers. So how do people hmm. not remember it? Because they wound up holding the Quidditch World Cup again the next year. Interesting. Why? I don't, I don't know. Because it was like, you know, flyers and tickets and everything were printed and put out and like everyone knew about the Quidditch World Cup for 1877 but by the time the event would have passed no one remembered it they were like we don't remember attending anything we don't remember the game happening nothing so I'm like did someone obliviate everyone at the game like a mass memory charm or what I I was just about to say did a team lose and they got upset about <laughs> losing so they obliterated like obliterated everyone's like minds maybe I think it's possible. And and we're like, maybe we'll we'll do it next year and win. You know? Maybe. Who knows? Weird. weird. Yeah. yeah, very weird. Um, and then my last comment is the nineteen ninety-eight Quidditch World Cup was canceled due to the Death Eater regime in like between nineteen ninety seven and nineteen ninety-eight. And apparently people were sending death threats to the ministry about it. And I'm like, are you guys serious? Like all these Death Eaters are around. Like, nothing's really happening at this point, I think, because Death Eaters yeah. are in control. So do you really think the Quidditch World Cup is going to happen? Yeah, isn't that when they were fighting? Voldemort? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, okay. Why would it Te- be happening? Hold on. No, Te- technically, the 1998 like Quidditch World Cup would have happened, like, three months after Voldemort was dead. Yeah. So, uh, like, what I saw was something about, like, uh, we're not sure if, you know, Kingsley Shacklebolt, who was the minister at that time, uh, if he if they managed to get the Quidditch World Cup together or yeah. not. Yeah. No idea. So it's like, they, they wouldn't have had time to really plan it because of all the Death Eaters and all that fun stuff going on. So. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it, I think it is said that it did happen because i think i think there is a winner listed for the 1998 quidditch world cup did it happen like the next year or something then i don't think so hold on let me let's see because i remember uh, like reading about that one being canceled i remember us talking about that before oh no it 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 says they still managed to organize it they still did it oh yeah so it it did still happen time wow i guess so yeah i guess they were just like oh maybe 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 the uh, arena for the Quidditch World Cup in 1994 is still up and still operational. Maybe they just said, hey, let's just hold it there again. I was about to say, maybe they just went and rented the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. That's it. That's what they did. I, I don't know why I'm so hung up on this. But I just really want them to have a Quidditch World Cup in the Coliseum. 
Oh, you know what? Okay, another interesting thing. Now that I'm looking at the wiki page again, and I know we talked about this the last time we really talked about the Quidditch World Cup. Um, so it's supposed to be a different Ministry of Magic that uh, organizes it each year. Why did the British Ministry of Magic organize it twice in a row? Don't. Yeah, no. They shouldn't have. Stop asking these questions, Colleen. I can't. <laughs> You're not I cannot to ask these questions. I'm going to ask these questions. It Joe doesn't, doesn't want people sense. asking these questions. <laughs> I'm going to ask the questions, okay? You can't stop me. Well, I'm not trying to stop you. I'm just saying Joe doesn't want people asking these <laughs> questions. It makes her but, uh, have to answer more. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, like, it, it doesn't make sense that the British Ministry of Magic organized it twice in a row nope. if it's supposed to be a different ministry every year. Because I, I, they shouldn't have had issues organizing it in 1998, no. whoever it was supposed to be. Yeah. Because Voldemort was really, as far as we can tell, he only had control over, like, the UK kind of area. Yeah. As far as I know. Shouldn't it? No. Yeah. I just... I, I mean, didn't they also organize it, like, two years before the one that we see in 94? So... Or, like, two times before that one? I'm pretty sure they were involved they? pretty recently before the one that Harry goes to as well. So, I don't know if Joe needs to keep adding these weird rules to the Quidditch World Cup because uh, she just keeps digging herself a bigger hole of, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, the only thing I'm seeing is that before 1994, Britain hosted the World Cup in 1964. That's all I got. I mean, that's still pretty freaking <laughs> still, recent. Yeah, it's still fairly <laughs> recent. Like, there are honest. a bunch of other ministries. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It does not need to be the British one. <laughs> right? But I don't Joe have any other Quidditch comments. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a, that's all I that's got. That's it for me. That's it. Which World so, Cup is stupid. It is stupid. There's it's stupid. No rhyme or reason to how it works, and if you try yeah. to find it, you won't. So just don't. <laughs> just don't. Don't do it. It's not worth it. It'll hurt your head just like it hurt ours. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, other than like joining the Discord and stuff, that's. Uh, it. That's it. Come join the Discord. Yeah. We will send you memes. Yeah. We will. <laughs> Mostly Colleen, because I'm like really bad at sending them, but I laugh yeah. at them. They're funny. They're funny. <laughs> They're so funny. What, what was one of the most recent ones I sent? I don't even remember. I liked the. Wait, was it, wasn't there a Hogwarts Legacy one? Let's see. It was some. Oh, it was the one about Thessals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. What was it? It was a, but why can't the others see the Thestrals? They can only be seen by people who bought the digital deluxe edition. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I know. The, the, one of the ones that made me laugh really hard and I was like, oh no, was uh, was the picture of, of Dudley. And it says, Molly Weasley after the Battle of Hogwarts, six. But last year, last year I had seven. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's, That's sad. so bad. That's so <laughs> bad. But anyway. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for this episode. <laughs> That's it. That's um, it. That's all we got. <laughs> Come join the Discord. <laughs> yeah. 
come hang out with us when we do these streams live right. on our Twitch channels. It's so fun. So fun. You guys interact with us. Yeah, you can. You can chat yeah. and, and we'll respond. We will. Promise. But yeah, that's it. Join the Discord. Hang out with us on Twitch. Yeah. Fun times. So. Anyways, I guess we should keep it magical. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Books, Movies, and Musicals, Oh My. If you'd like to connect with us, be sure to check us out on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at BMM Oh My. Be sure to check out our website at bmmohmy.wixsite.com slash home. And check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash bmmohmy. You can email us at books.movies.and.musicals.ohmy at gmail.com. Our socials, website, Patreon, and email address can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family and even random strangers on the street. We can't wait to talk with you all next week. Bye! Bye.